And this morning, I have titled this message, Be Incredible. Be Incredible. There's a time that the church right now needs to stand up and be incredible. Where this world is kind of in a weird spot. We're going through some certain things that we've never been through before, at least in our time. And it's time for the church to be the ones that stand up and be the light, be the compass for our city, for our neighborhoods, for our, 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 our country. There's a lot of things going on, and we need to be incredible. It's time that we stand up and be incredible. So let's just pray right there. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord Jesus. We just ask you this morning, Father, as, as we come together and, and worship you, Father, we just just to let you know how much we love you and we appreciate you, Lord, Father, that we never could say it enough and we don't have the words to express what you've done for us, Lord. But we do love you this morning, Father. And, Father, as we get into the next part of the service, Father, as I, I share your word, Lord, I just ask you to, to hide me behind the cross, Father. Let the, let the people hear the message that you have for them this morning, Father. Soften our hearts. Speak to me at the same time, Lord, Father. I know this message has challenged me, Father, but just hide me across, behind the cross so they can hear you, they can see you, so we can move towards you. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. Be incredible. That's what I want to talk about this morning. We're going to look at the, uh, the movies Incredible 2. If you haven't seen the movie Incredible 2, I encourage you to go watch it. It's an extension of Incredibles 1, and Incredibles 1 was incredible. But Incredibles 2 was even twice as incredible, right? Uh, Incredibles 2 is the highest uh, money-making uh, animation movie of all times. At one point, I can remember it was like $500 million in, in proceeds that it was making. And it's just a good movie. You know, it's one of those things you can sit down with your family and you can watch. And the movie is about this family that has superpowers, right? And, and they go around and they, they, they're saving uh, the, the world from all these different uh, villains. And at the end of Incredibles 1... You have Mr. Incredible, Elastic Girl, and then you have Violet, and you have the, the little speedy dude that runs around everywhere, and they all have these like incredible superpowers, right? And then you have Jack-Jack, the baby. Baby's awesome, right? I think the baby's my favorite part of the whole, the whole, um, whole movie. And in the first movie, Jack-Jack, he didn't have any superpowers at all. Uh, but at the very last scene of the movie, they, baby Jack-Jack sat down and I think, I can't remember like his eyes glow or something happened and he's beginning to show his superpowers. And when I watched Incredibles 2 again uh, this week, I remember some feelings that I had inside when I was a kid. I wanted to be the Incredible Hulk. I wanted to like explode and, and you know, as a kid, I know you can't tell it now, but I was this little scrawny little kid, and, and I didn't know if I was ever going to grow into my, my skin, and I was just this bag of bones. But I just, I just remembered like, just, just thinking, and I would just try to force it out. I was just like, and I never turned green. But it's so much I wanted to turn green, and my muscles pop out and go and smash cars and rip out buildings and save the world. But it never happened. I just got redder over the years. Amen. And if you haven't seen Incredibles 2 um, and this incredible family, 
Uh, I just want to share a little bit with you this morning, so I'm going to run the trailer on clip number one. Did you wash your hands with soap? Did you dry them? What? Is this all vegetables? Who wanted all vegetables? I did. So, are we going to talk about it? Why? The elephant in the room. What elephant? Mom's new job. It's time to make some wrong things right. Help me bring supers back into the sunlight. We need to change people's perceptions about superheroes, and Elastigirl is our best play. Better than me? <clears throat> Whoa! I like Mom's new job! Bye, sweetie. I'll watch the kids, no problem. supposed to do it dad they want us to do it this i don't way. know that way why would they change math uh, math is math okay, math dad. is math hello hey honey how are the kids everything's great ah! is she having adolescence and jack jack he's in excellent health oh, what the num num cooking oh, cooking Whoa! Okay, that is freaky. You know it's crazy, right? To help my family, I gotta leave it. To fix the law, I gotta break it. You've got to, so our kids can have that choice. Thank you, young man. Combustion imminent? What does that mean? Ah! It means fire, Robert. Green Slater interrupts this program for an important announcement. Suit up. It might get weird. I'll be there ASAP. Where you going ASAP? You better be back ASAP. All right. Incredibles 2. You know, I, what I love about the theme of this movie, it's about a family coming together with togetherness. They work together as a team. And, and here we have the, 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 the incredible family. And they're the Parr family, right? You have dad, which is... Uh, Mr. Incredible, and he has super strength. He could rip out trees out of the ground, and he's so powerful. And then you have Elastic Girl. Uh, she's just the, I think, the mom that every mom would want to be. You know, she can, like, be in the kitchen, and the kids are, like, acting up. She can stretch out to one room and grab one kid and throw them at the table and stretch out to other kid and separate them when she needs to separate them. And then you have the little fast brother that runs around and has this super speed. Then you have Violet. What does Violet do? She can just like disappear and then has these force fields around her. And then you have Jack Jack. Love Jack Jack. And I love the name. Like who, who, who names their kid like two names first and, and uh, middle name Jack Jack. He's just coming in to his powers, right? They're trying to figure these powers out. And you know, the Incredibles 2 open up the scene that is an action scene. And it opens up where they're trying to save the world again. Right, and this time they they make a mess of it, and they're blamed instead of being uh, paraded around about saving things, they basically get in trouble and they discontinue the superhero program because the superheroes they could not use their superpowers and it was illegal. 
So it was one of those things that they was trying to do the right thing, but they end up doing the wrong thing. So they was trying to figure out what is their next steps. Their program has been shut down, and they don't know what to do from here. So they're just trying to figure out this whole time, like they've been superheroes. Now they have to go back to regular people. And then they get a call from Winston Devers, right? Uh, Mr. Devers, he's like a superhero fan. His dad invested into the, the super, superhero program when he was alive. And um, so he calls him and he wants to have a meeting with Mr. Incredible, Elastic Girl, and, and uh, um, Frozone. Frozone, and go ahead and play clip two and we'll just look at that, that meeting. Let me ask you something. What is the main reason you were all forced underground? Ignorance. Perception. Take today, for example, with the underminer. Difficult situation. You were faced with a lot of hard decisions. Oh, tell me about it. I can't. Because I didn't see it. Neither did anyone else. So, when you fight bad guys like today, people don't see the fight or what led up to it. They see what politicians tell them to see. They see destruction and they see you. So if we want to change people's perceptions about superheroes, we need you to share your perceptions with the world. How do we do that? With cameras. We need you to share your perceptions with the world. How do we do that? We embed tiny cameras like those into your super suits. Wow, so small. And the picture is outstanding. Thanks. Designed them myself. All right. So now we have this meeting. And from there, Elastigirl gets picked, right? And Mr. Incredible has always been the face of the superheroes. And he's kind of having problems with this because he's been always been the man, right? And he was just like, well, you're going to pick her? What about me? And so they're trying to change the perception of what's going on on superheroes. So Elastigirl, she gets, she gets the, the nod and she goes and she begins to face the battles, right, of all the different villains, and she begins to stop speeding trains and all these different things. Why, Mr. Incredible, he takes on a new role. He takes on a new role, and, and some of your dads probably can, is a little familiar with this. Your mom, mom might go on a, a weekend vacation or go on for a, a work trip, and you're like, don't worry about it. I got it at home. I got it at home. And then he quickly realizes that taking care of the house is not as easy as it sounds. You have kids and adolescents, as a, as a little boy would say, does she have an adolescence? Uh, and then you have Jack-Jack that's coming into his powers. And he doesn't really know how to control it. He's not getting enough sleep. But the phrase that really spoke to me is that he says, it's time to get back to being incredible. It's time to get back to being incredible. And when I was thinking about that, I was thinking about how the Bible teaches us actually that we are made to be incredible. It's one of those kind of a, a, a ongoing theme throughout the Bible that God has created us to be incredible. If you look at the different characters in the Bible, he made them to be incredible. And they did some incredible things. And the thing about it is he made you to be incredible for you to do some incredible things. It's important that we... That we we uh, allow God to move inside of us with the, and give us these incredible abilities so that we know what our purpose is, so we can walk out and live out the purpose, so we can go into this fullness of the potential that God has for each and every one of us. And not only is it important for you, 
to live out those abilities, but it's important for the people around you for you to live out your abilities because it's not one of those things that it just takes one. If you live out your abilities, then it allows the other people around you to also live out their abilities. So it's important that we understand the things that God is asking us to do and the abilities that he's giving us so we can live out those abilities. But the problem is, in this society, in this culture, those are the exact things that are being attacked. Those abilities that are God's giving us to stand up against the sins of the world, and now they're saying, no, you can't do that. That's wrong, but this is right. And the things of God and what the Bible teaches are now totally being attacked over and over again. See, but there are things that go on in, in, in our life that we have to step up and say, these are the things that God has given me, no matter what the attack is, from the outside forces, from culture, from, from, from the people around you at work, from what you hear on the news. God has given you ability. He's made you just who you are for a time like this. And we need the church to stand up. Amen? We need you to, to rise up in the abilities and the superpowers that God has given you to make a difference in this world. Sometimes we lose sight of that. You know, with uh, social media and different things like that. I was, uh, a Snapchat, I was reading an article the other day about Snapchat. Snapchat, most of you know if you have Snapchat, but if you don't, that you can like kind of change yourself a little bit. You can put flowers on your head, which is not a big deal if you think about it. You know, dress your little head up or whatever. But it also gives you the ability to change the color of your skin, to make your eyes bigger, maybe give you a slender face. And then the problem with that is the doctors are saying that 55% of people that are coming in to have plastic surgery are bringing those pictures and saying, can you make me look like my selfie? And that was just stunning to me to hear that, that people are not okay the way that God made them, that they're trying to make their self into something that they are not. You know, and... Uh, one of the things that was kind of crazy is what Boston University had weighed in on this, and it says this. This is an alarming trend because those filtered selfies often present an unattainable, unattainable look and blur the line between reality and fantasy for these patients. Wow. So when we're doing these things, we're, we're, we are blurring the line into what's real and what's not real. What I can tell you is real is what, how God made you just the way you are. God gave you abilities. He gave you understanding. He gave you knowledge. He gave you wisdom to walk out the purpose just the way you are. No enhancements from the other things around us. But he says, look, I made you like this. I made you to look like this because there's other people around you that have those same features. And they can, they can feed into who you are. And they're comfortable around you, comfortable around you because you kind of make them feel comfortable because y'all are kind of alike. But when you take those things out, then you're not living out your full purpose and the people around you are not benefiting benefiting because of who you are. Amen? One of the church fathers says this. He says, the glory of God is man fully alive. So if you're not fully alive, then how can the glory of God spread throughout the world? He needs you fully alive, fully of who you are. Right? 
Often we sit back and instead of looking at who God made us, we look at about how we see ourselves. And I think, think that was often what Brother David was just talking about this morning when he was saying that. It reminded me what I wrote right here. That when we look in the, the mirror, we need to see who God made us, not what imperfections that we think. You know, just the other day I was sitting in a room and, and uh, they had this mirror and it would like magnify your face like 10,000%. And when you look in that mirror, you see every imperfection on your face or whatever you're looking at. And I, th- I don't know if that's healthy. We don't need to see those imperfections. God will show us our imperfections, but we need to see, we need to look in the mirror and see who God made us, how God made us, why God made us, so we can be incredible. So we can be incredible. We have to get back to being credible. How do we get back to being credible? We have to get back to understanding the gifts that God has given us. Amen? Amen. So, I want to look at another family, incredible family here in the Bible. And this family is made of three people that we're going to look at today. It's Saul, who's the king, Jonathan, who is his son, and then some other guy, we don't know his name, but they call him the armor bearer, all right? These are the, the people of, of Israel. This is the, the king of Israel. And they have an interesting uh, life. They have an interesting battle that has just been started. They have a battle against the Philistines. And this battle is, is going on. And there's a kind of a rival between these two people, right? And then uh, in, in battles, uh, just to kind of set the... The, the playing field here, when, when in, in the Old Testament, they would, they would be on these two cliffs and they would shout like ugly stuff at each other, like, yo mama this, and then yo mama that, and all this ugly stuff. And then when they got tired of all the yo mama jokes, then they would rush down to the valley. I don't know if it happened just like that, but maybe something like that. And then they would fight in the valley, right? So at this time, you had the Philistines over here throwing your mama jokes, and then, and then you had the Christian people going, ah, oh, God bless you, and all this stuff is going on. But when they realized that they were outnumbered, then things began to happen. So let's look at 1 Samuel 13 and 5. It says, the Philistines assembled to fight the Israels, to fight Israel with 3,000 chariots, 6,000 charioteers, soldiers numerous as the sand of the seashore. Wow. So here they are about to fight a huge army. In comparison, they just have just a small number of people. And... This kind of concerned them, right? They're about to go to war, and they know they're outmatched. They know they're outgunned. And then verse 6, it says, When the Israelites saw that their situation was critical and that their armies were hard-pressed, they hid in caves, thickets, among the rocks, the pits. And listen, when they found out all this stuff, they began to scatter and hide in every nook and cranny. It even says that they went down into like the, the, the sewers where the, the water would run to hide from the Philistines. In a time that they should have been superheroes, they were being super cowards. And they needed to stand up. And at this time, they needed a king that would help them, motivate them, and let them know, listen, and it's not about the size of the men. It's about the God behind them, right? 
It's about the God behind them. And they're hiding in all these, these caves and these bushes. And when they looked at King Saul, they could not find King Saul because guess what? He was hiding like the rest of the men. He was hiding like the rest of the men. And in the scripture it says, I don't have this one up there, but it says that he was chilling under a pomegranate tree, very on the outskirts of the city. He's probably just sitting there, probably scared, squeezing some pomegranates, eating, drinking some pomegranate tea, and just chilling while all of his men were scattering. And they wasn't even within 100 miles of the battleground. And the Philistines was waiting to go to war, right? Jonathan actually says, He's like, look, it's, the, it's time for me to be great. It's time for me to step up and me to be incredible. And just like it was for in the Incredibles movie where there was a, there was a, a, a role switch where the mom went out and she was the face of the superheroes and the dad stayed home and he kind of took care of the house, the same thing happened here. Jonathan said, my dad's not going to do it. I'm going to switch roles and I'm going to come and I'm going to be the leader. Listen, there might be somebody in your house right now that's not stepping in the role that they're supposed to be stepping in. But listen, you are called to be incredible. It's your time to step up and do the things that God has called you to do, to lead your family, to lead your community, to lead your church right now in these crazy times. It's time for you to step up and be incredible. Let's look what it says in 1 Samuel 14, verse 1. One day, Jonathan and the son of Saul said to the young armor bearer, come. Let's go, over the Philistine, let's go over to the Philistine outpost on the other side. But he did this without telling his father. See, here we go. We got, he said, like, look, if my father ain't going to do it, we're going to do this without him. Look, and if, if you're sitting at, at home right now and your husband ain't going to do this, you, you got to do it without him. You got to pray for him, but you got to keep pushing forward. If you're sitting there and your husband's going to church and your wife ain't doing right, but listen, man of God, you got to do it without him. You got to keep, continue to push forward. We'll pray for him, and God will bring him along with you. But until then, you have to push forward. If there's somebody in your life, if there's a boss in your life that keeps pushing you down, listen, you got to keep moving forward. Don't let the obstacles in your life prevent you from being incredible. Amen? Give me an amen in those comments. See, Jonathan is on this super covert mission, and, and he's ready to go out and do the things that God has called him to do, and he didn't tell his dad, but he wants to go on this mission so he can be incredible, so he can inspire uh, this incredible courage. He can, he can inspire this incredible uh, confidence against all the odds and against evil in the land. So here he goes. Jonathan is about uh, to, 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 to go on this secret mission, right? And, and, and he, he, he realizes right here and with you, point number one, you have an incredible role to play. I don't care if you're a Sunday school teacher or if you sit on the back row of the church or you're leading worship. You have an incredible role to play here at Elam in the kingdom at large. We need you to play your role here at Elam Church. Without you playing your role, there's a cog missing in the wheel. There's a, there's a cog missing in the kingdom of God. And if you're not playing your role, we need you to step up today right there from your couch and play the role that God has asked you to play. We all have this role to play. You know, if I wasn't playing my role this morning, pastor wasn't able to answer the call, there were, sure, there would have been somebody else to step back up. But this is the time that God has called me 
to come and talk to you, to give you this message this morning, to encourage you this morning to be incredible. It's time for us to be incredible. It's time for us to play the role that God has given us to play, right? We have to be uh, uh, incredible in all the roles that we have, even if it's a role reversible, reversing the roles. We have to want to be incredible again, right? The, the Mr. Incredible, he wanted to have these superhero powers. He wanted to be able to show the world his strengths and how powerful he was. But it shifted, and now it's Elastigirl's turn to take the leading role. It might be somebody else in your family. Listen, it might be the teenager in your family. It might be their, their role to lead the, the, the family Bible studies. It might be time for the parents to sit back and say, all right, son, all right, daughter, it's your time now. You're going to college soon. It's time for you to be able to do these things. You know, I, I, it might be the time for you to step back as a parent and say, you know what, to give the, the, the children some more responsibilities. Whatever it may be, it might be your time to step up at your job and take more responsibilities because God is ready to give you some more um, a reach in your, in your job right now. It might be your time to step out of the front door and begin to pray, walk down the street and begin to pray for every door in your neighborhood because he's going to give you more responsibility there in your neighborhood. Sometimes we have to switch roles, right? We have to switch roles. We have to be incredible. We have to be incredible. You know, sometimes it's not what we think it's going to be, right? Sometimes when we think, oh, yeah, I'm going to step in this role, and we're super excited about the role that God has opened up for us. I can remember being a youth pastor for the first time. Super excited, but this is going to be the greatest thing ever. And then when I got in it, I was just like, whoa, this is not what I thought it was going to be. I was just talking to the guys this morning about a situation my very first day over there. What happened, I was just like, God, I can't follow that, you know. But it wasn't what I thought it was going to be. But you know what it was? It was one of those things that really formed me who I am as, as a man today and as a pastor today. It wasn't what I thought, but it was critical to make me who I am today. And that was with Mr. Incredible. Mr. Incredible, he went from being the super, superhero to a super dad. And what he thought was going to be a pretty easy thing turned out to be more challenging than he expected. So let's take a look at clip number three. Looks normal to me. When did this start happening? Since Helen got the job. I assume she knows. Are you kidding? I can't tell her about this. Not while she's doing hero work. Girl, come on. Leave the saving of the world to the men? I don't think so. I've got to succeed so she can succeed. So we can succeed. I get it, Bob. I get it. When was the last time you slept? Who keeps track of that? Besides, he's a baby. I can handle it. I got this handle. So, you good then? You got everything under control, right? What the? Cookie, cha-cha want a cookie? Num-num cookie? Cha-cha want num-num? Num-num cookie? Cookie? You're not cookie? Oh my God! Cookie! Whoa! Okay. Okay. So, he can still hear you from, from the other dimension, yeah. That is freaky. That was freaky, right? 
That was freaky. Who keeps track of sleep when you have a baby? Amen. Man, Mr. Incredible looked rough. He ain't shaved in a couple of days. Something that he thought was going to be pretty simple turned out, turned out to be uh, pretty difficult. I remember when our, our, our kids were, were smaller and, and Sandra, uh, she went to this conference in Dallas. And uh, I was just like, I, we had three kids at the house at the time. I was just like, no worries. I thought I was going to get a break. She wasn't going to be home telling me what to do. Uh, you know, no, no huge uh, to-do list. Oh, my goodness. First time I ever grew out a beard, you know. Uh, my beard was all scraggly. And I, when she got home, I needed a nap, you know. And it was one of those things that I didn't know it could be so hard to raise three little boys. All the fun stuff ran out on the first day, and then here we are trying to keep them, you know, going for the next couple of days. Um, listen, it's important. It's important that we accomplish the roles that we have for one another, that God has called us to be. There's a role for us to play. I can't complete my role if Brother David doesn't complete his role. It all works. This is not an individual sport. Christianity is a team sport, and we have to move together. As a church, we have to be, the Bible says that we have to be on one mind and one accord, that we have to move together to accomplish the things that God has called us to do. We have a corporate mission, and then under that, we have individual missions that, that, that go together to accomplish the corporate mission. And if we're not playing our roles, then the people around us are not being success, as, successful, as successful as they can be, and we're not completing the corporate corporate mission. Amen? 1 Samuel, 4, uh, 1 Samuel 14, verse 6, it says, Jonathan said to his young armor bearer, come, let's go over to the outpost uh, of those uncircumcised men. Perhaps the Lord will act on our behalf. Nothing can hinder the Lord from saving uh, whether many or few. Amen. So Jonathan was just like, look, man, I don't care what's on the other side. I'm going to complete the role that God has called me to complete, no matter what's going on. Jonathan, he had stepped into the king's position, right? He had stepped up temporarily. He was just like, okay, this is what I'm going to do. Uh, We've got to keep moving forward. That These armies need somebody to step in right now. So he was just like, I'm going to be the one to show them what, 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 what we need to do, what God has called us to do. He's going to take the risk. He's going to inspire the men. He's going to rally them around so they can complete the battle, right? It might not be the role that you wanted, but this is exactly what God has called you to do for the time that he's called you to do it. Amen? Amen. See, God defines success. Men doesn't define success. What you do God will let you know if you're doing those things right. Don't listen to the, 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 the non-Christian world. They always say, why would you go to someone that's been divorced to give you marriage advice? Right? That doesn't make sense. He couldn't even do it on his own. But listen, you have to be around wise counsel, people that let you know, listen, this is what God says success is. Don't let men tell you what success is and what role that you're supposed to play. And without getting in it deep right now, I tell you that the world is trying to tell you what role as men and women that we're supposed to be playing right now. And the Bible says something totally different. So we have to make sure that we are steady in our word, that we know the role that God has called us to be as men, as women, as followers of Christ. Amen? 
Jonathan was going, and he was about to get into this, this secret mission that he was going on. And uh, when he got there with the men, he realized that, that they didn't have any weapons. There was no weapons for his, for his army. The only sword was King Saul and Jonathan. Because the Philistines, they had uh, a, a corner on all the steel and all the blacksmiths, right? They're basically arm dealers, right? Because they were scared that they would uh, make weapons for their enemies. So the Philistines were like, they went and gathered up all the blacksmith and all of the, the metal. So if you needed a, a rake or you needed a tool, you had to go to the Philistines. If you needed a weapon, you had to go to the Philistines. And sometimes they would give it to you what you paid for. And sometimes they would just like, oh, sorry, we'll just take your money. So now you have this army that is not equipped to fight this massive army that has all the weapons at their, at their uh, disposal. Just, just think about this. So you sign up for the army and you, uh, you go through your, you know, your, your, your boot camp and all that. You do all your exercise stuff and then you get, in boot, you get out of boot camp and they're like, okay, we got a mission for you. So we got, you know, there's some, this, this, this militia group over here. We need to go take them out. And so you, you get in line to get all your equipment, and they give you, like, some, a, a Nerf shield and a Nerf gun. And they're like, okay, man, they got AK-47s, so be careful. Right? Can you imagine what these guys are thinking about? Man, they are so, they're so freaked out because they are so unarmed and they're looking across this valley at the, this massive army, but they have no weapons. They have no weapons. First Samuel 13 and 22, it says, So on the day of the battle, not a soldier with Saul and Jonathan had a sword, a spear in hand. Only Saul and the son had them. Man, I know I'd be freaking out right now. I would be one of those people like crawling in the little caves. Well, I'd have to be like a big cave, right? Uh, I would be trying to hide out because my kung fu skills ain't that good, you know? I didn't take karate when I was a kid. I didn't have that hand-to-hand combat. I mean, I watched a little bit of fighting on TV, but it wasn't enough, right? It wasn't enough. So that leads me to my second point, that you have to have incredible gifts to use. Jonathan had incredible gifts to use. He knew that he had to play his role, but within those roles that God gave him gifts to use to make him, make him successful in those roles. You know, it didn't matter what um, battle that he was going to face. He relied on his understanding of how to have these military actions, and he relied on the gift uh, of, of faith and prayer that no matter what he was going to do, that God was behind them and he knew that and he was going to push forward because he had the gifts. He had these superhero powers that God had given him. Amen? He knew that no matter what was going to go on, that God was with him. God was with him. You know, you can imagine these two cliffs that are coming together and these Philistines are sitting over there and they're taunting all these people that are scared. And you know the insults right now are really getting heated and dirty and all those things because you have all these cowards on this side and the Philistines are feeling real manly and they're just tossing, you know, probably tossing rocks to the other side. And come on, you cowards, get out here. But 
It didn't phase Jonathan. Jonathan was just like, look, I'm about to cross into enemy territory and take this into my own hands. And church, I need to encourage you this morning. You might be facing the enemy head on, maybe with sickness, maybe with your job, maybe with your family, maybe with your spouse. But listen, it's time that we cross in the enemy territory and take back what the enemy has taken from you. And that's what Jonathan was doing right here. Jonathan said to his, his armor bearer here in 1 Samuel 14, it said, Jonathan said to his young armor bearer, come, let's go over to the outpost, those uncircumcised men. Perhaps the Lord will act on our behalf, right? It says nothing can hinder us. Nothing can hinder us. Because he knew that with the, with, with the appointed um, position that he had, with those incredible gifts that he could do all things through Christ. He knew it. Jonathan's confidence, he had this confidence to play out the role because God had been has setting him up for a time like this. And I tell you this morning that God is setting you up for a time like this. When they're telling everybody else to, to hunker down, it's time for the Christians to rise up and be incredible. It's time for us to rise up. It's time for us to use the technology that we can, video conferencing, uh, phone calls, FaceTime, all these different things that we have the ability to use for Christians to rise up and be incredible. Rise up and have Bible studies. Listen, don't wait on the church. Do it yourself. Call your friends and say, tonight at 7 o'clock, we're just going to have a chat. Here's, here's John three 16. We're going to talk about what that means tonight. It doesn't have to be some great, you know, Bible study where you have to come super like prepared and know all the theology about. No, get together with your brothers and sisters and be incredible. See what God will t teach you within your own brothers and sisters. You know, I thought it was interesting in the movie, and I don't have this clip, but it was interesting in, in this movie that as Elastigirl is playing out her role, She's just going along and doing the things that she has to do to change perspective of superheroes. And then at one time, Mr. Devers brings in all these other superheroes. And there was this one young girl that looked up to Elastigirl the, the whole time and through the first couple of movies, but she wasn't seen. And she came up to Elastigirl and said, you have inspired me. There was a time when I was a kid that I felt, where, I felt weird I didn't fit in because I had these superpowers and I was called to do something different than the rest of everybody else. But I was able to look to you to see what this woman was supposed to look like with superheroes. And I tell you, church, it's time to be incredible. It's time for you to do what you have called to do, to use the gifts that God has called you because there's other people that are feeling out of place right now as a Christian, as a young Christian woman, as a young Christian man, and they need somebody to look to. They need somebody to, to take a hold of them and say, this is what a godly man looks like. This is what a godly woman looks like. Stand up and be incredible. Stand up and do the things that God has called you to do. Amen? So here we go. She's about to embark and use her, uh, uh, Girl's about to embark and use her, her, all of her superhero moves, uh, and, she, and she gets another gift. And this is one of, one of the most inspiration part of the, the movies that, that I like. And, and she gets this another gift to enhance uh, her other skills. So let's go ahead and watch clip number four. 
finished the cycle. Your last cycle? I didn't know you had a bike. Hey, I had a mohawk. There's a lot about me you don't know. Yeah, but a mohawk? Ah, uh, you didn't miss anything. Oh, yeah. This one's electric. What, what's that mean? Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Means it's torquey. I'll get the hang of it. You will be great. I will be great. And you will too. We will both be great. Bye, sweetie. This is one of the most inspiring parts of the movie um, that I think. The conversation between uh, uh, the two people. Before we get to that, has anybody ever had that moment in, in life when you found out that your mom had a, mo uh, a mohawk, right? You were like, you're sitting around, and maybe some of your mothers are older than, uh, than others, but you sit around and you're seeing this kind of like feeble old lady, and then she tells you some story when she was young. You're like, what? That was, that was cracking me up. Oh, don't worry, you didn't miss anything. I could just imagine, you know, my mom telling me that she had a mohawk or, or even more, if Sandra told me she had a mohawk, that would be kind of crazy, right? Uh, but I love the conversation. He tells her, you will be great. And she says, I will be great. But she says, but you will be great. And I, it was so inspirational and, and how they understood that it took both of them to fulfill the roles and use the gifts that God had given them to be great. They had to work together. They had to do the things that God had called them to do and their abilities at that time to, to have success in the things that God had called them to do. It was just amazing how uh, Elastigirl was fighting evil and saving people and, and you know, Mr. Incredible, he was struggling a little bit. He was struggling to, 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 to take care of these kids and, and, and there's little jack-jacks kind of going crazy and disappearing and cookie, 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 you know? And then he was like exploding into fire and all those different things, but he knew that he had to be great, that we all have these different gifts and God has given you a gift that you need to use that he's giving you incredible um, things that you can use to impact the world. And that's what it says in 1 Corinthians 12 and 4. It says, there are different kinds of gifts, right? Meaning that, that, that there's all these kind of gifts, but not one is better than the other, right? But this is, the, this is the awesome part. But they are all different, but the same spirit distributes them. See, it doesn't matter what gift God has given you. If he's given you the ability to lay hands on people and heal them, or he's given you the ability to be in your quiet time and pray for the church, they're all the same. God needs you to be in your quiet time to pray. God needs people to be on the stage. He needs prayer partners to pray. We all have these different kind of gifts to be incredible. And if we use those gifts to be incredible, then God will use those gifts to move in your life. And that brings me to my third point. We have an incredible family to fight with. We have an incredible family to fight with. We have a role to play. We have these gifts that we can use. But listen, we're not doing this alone. We have a family that we can do this with. Amen. 
1 Samuel 4 and 6, it says, let's go across the outpost of those pagans. Jonathan, Jonathan said to his armor bearer, perhaps the Lord will be with us, for nothing can hinder the Lord. He can win a battle whether he has many warriors or only a few. And this is what the armor bearer says, and this is the kind of people that we need in our family. Do what you think is best, the armor bearer replied. I will completely, I am with you completely with whatever you decide. And I would challenge you this morning, who is the people in your life that are completely with you? Who do you have around you to encourage you? Who do you have around you to be there to say, you know what, whatever fight that you're going to fight, I'm going to fight right along. As a church, we need those people. As a church, we need the people to play their own role with their own gifts to fight as a family. And that's the only way that we're going to get this great news, this good news out to the ends of the earth is so that we fight as a family, that we fight as a family. 1 Samuel 14 and 12, it says, So then, Jonathan says, come, let's climb, climb right behind me, for the Lord will help us defeat them. Now, if you can imagine, you got all this one army that's all hidden, right? And then you have this other army sitting over there throwing rocks, throwing slurs and all these different things. And then here comes Jonathan and his armor bearer, and they're climbing up the face of this mountain. And at some point, the Philistines had to be able to see them, and they're looking down at this cliff, and they're seeing these two crazy guys with one sword coming to defeat the whole army of the Philistines. And they're getting up there, and they start to fight. In 1 Samuel 14, it says, so... Um, do you have that next? I don't know if I have that one on there. It says, Jonathan climbed up using his hands and his feet with his armor bearer right behind him. The Philistines fell before Jonathan and the armor bearer followed and killed behind him. Wow. Can you imagine that? Here he is, one sword, one armor bearer, and then he said that he killed everybody that was in front of him and behind him, all I got to say is I want this armor bearer, right? Because his Kung Fu skills were amazing because he didn't have a sword and he was coming up behind Jonathan. It didn't matter what was going on. Jonathan was, had this battle here. They were back-to-back -back fighting, and he was keeping everybody off of Jonathan, and Jonathan was stepping in his role, and then he had this armor bearer, and they were working together to do what they were called to do using the gifts that they were given. Fighting as a team, fighting as a family, being incredible. Amen? Being incredible. Couldn't bring the band back up. Verse 14 and 15, it says, They killed some 20 men in all, and there was bodies scattered all over, all over in half an acre, and suddenly panic broke out in the Philistines' army, both in the camp and in the fields, including even the outpost and the raiding parties. And just then, an earthquake stuck, struck, and everyone was terrified. Listen, the abilities for them to defeat this massive army was lying on the shoulders of Jonathan. And if he wouldn't have accepted his role, 
If he wouldn't have accepted the gifts that God had gave him and he didn't accept that God gave him a right-hand man that was going to go to battle to hell and back, then he wouldn't be able to finish the thing that God had called him to do. And in our life, we have to make sure that we have people around us and God has given us the ability to, to fight. God has given us the ability to win if we do it the way he has called us to do it. Remember, this is not a, a one-man sport. This is a team sport. One of the themes that I love about this movie, The Incredibles, The Incredibles 1 and 2, it wasn't just the mom and the dad. In the end of The Incredibles 2, the mom and dad, they're fighting this villain. And they wasn't getting, they wasn't getting anywhere until the kids show up. And then the kids show up and the, and the daughter's doing one thing and the little speedy boy, he's doing the other. But until Jack-Jack showed his power, his superpowers, and he, until he became the hero, a uh, superhero, they didn't defeat the enemy. Church, I'm telling you today that we need you here at Elam Church to step into the role, to use the gift that God has called you to have to be a part of our family, to fight the good fight.